0: welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. Join cross-cultural leadership expert, Dr. Tom Vergus as he offers perspectives and strategies on the issues affecting global leaders in the ever-changing world of global business.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to CQ for Global Leaders. My name is Tom Vergas. I'm joined by Dr. Jürgen Strauss for this
0: podcast. Hi, Tom. How are you? Well, thank you. You? I'm good, thanks. Yeah. Really looking forward to today's conversation, which is going to be about market entry preparations. Mm, that sounds like a fascinating topic. It
1: Tell is. Me more. It is. Again, this topic was triggered by a client interaction. You find most of my podcasts yeah. are always <laughs> triggered by clients. This is a client interaction that uh, occurred. Recently, this is an organization who are looking at going from here, Australia, uh, into the French market. Mm -hmm. And they're a digital company, digital media, and they're looking at doing a joint venture with a company in France. Okay. Mm. So they brought me in. The brief was to come in to help the team, small team, working on this project to prepare them as they interact with their French counterparts.
0: Mm. Well, that's good. So they're they're doing that before they've started the actual commercial transactions? Indeed, Mm. yeah,
1: which is actually very unusual, very unusual. And I did point that out to them about how unusual it was And the reason why that came about is the CEO of this company is being coached by a close colleague of mine. Mm. And when they were talking about these plans, my colleague asked the CEO, well, have you prepared the team on how to work with the French? And the CEO said... No, no, I hadn't thought about it. Yeah. And that's what prompted them to get on board, talk to me, engage me, and say, okay, how do we get this
0: team uh, prepared? Mm. Well, that's really good. Uh, glad they went that route because I know from my corporate world, um, often we would, uh, as a company, go into new markets and not pay any attention thinking that this is just going to be just like our own market. And, all of a sudden the wheels would fall off the wagon, so to speak, and then we had to figure out well, what's gone wrong there. And in the meantime, you've lost time and you've perhaps damaged relationships.
1: Indeed. Mm. If you think about what happens whenever we enter a, enter a market or we look, look at a joint venture, is people do the, do the due diligence mm. and they look at the product or service fit. Mm. Okay, does it actually kind of fit? Can we do that? And then let's go ahead. They look at the numbers mm. and they do not spend time looking at the soft elements, which is firstly, organizational culture fit. Mm. Each organization has, has its own culture. How is that going to blend in with each other? And then of course, when you're working cross-border, how do we work across borders? Yeah. So with this particular client, as I mentioned to them in the initial meeting, some of the possible issues would be firstly around communication. You know, English, we are here, lingua Franca is English. Team over there, lingua Franca is French. So we, what's the common language uh, mm. going to be? That's one. When it comes to attitudes around conflict, relationship building, a leadership, teams, response times, Mm. all these things need to be navigated. And what happens in most instances, Jürgen, as you would know, is that people embark on this with this great plan going, wow, this is what it's going to do. And then they run into problems, right? And they go, oh, wow, that's not going the way it's going. And then they try to fix it. And then that's when they pull people like me in to come and help sort it out try to clean up the mess and it's always far more difficult cleaning up the mess as compared to doing it beforehand
0: hmm. so what are some of the pointers that you gave this company in terms of what they need to consider in order to maximize their chances of succeeding with their endeavor here
1: well so in terms of that apart from the fact that they they were already doing their due diligence I started talking about, so who are the people they're gonna to put together on this team? Because you needed, if if at all possible, I suggested having people who are multilingual, mm-hmm. it may not be French, mm-hmm. but at least multilingual, yeah. so that because people are multilingual have that ability to pick up languages a little bit, uh, a little bit quicker, that was uh, one. Two was I suggested you needed people who were able to work in different time zones, right? Mm-hmm. Because especially for this group like here, they'd be working all day, And then the interactions with the French would come in the evenings. So you needed people with a level of flexibility in terms of their working hours and people who were agile to, uh, to, uh, to meet this. I also suggested to them that they needed to have some connections on the ground on the French side. Mm. So it's okay to have a joint venture, but who in the joint venture partner is actually going to be the person looking after you? Like you need to have somebody who's going to be on that side being your advocate. Right? helping you navigate, because you will not understand the nuances of not just the organizational culture, but also the local culture. The, yeah, yeah that's know, right, the marketplace. The marketplace. Yeah. You need somebody on that side. Yeah. So the importance of, of doing that. I also suggested to them that you want to be thinking about how you deal with things like conflict, disagreements. So establishing some guidelines. How do we kind of do that? How do we bring that up? Also suggested that they should have an exit strategy. Mm-hmm. Like how do you get out? Yeah okay Because I find in my experience, Yagen, most people when when organizations expand into different markets, they go in because they feel they have a product or service that will fill a market need. Mm. So they go, okay, we can expand, we can grow our revenue, we can make more money by going through in there. I always challenge that by saying, instead of you thinking about how can you make more money or grow your revenue, I, I always look at asking the question: How can you make your joint venture partner more revenue? Yeah. Okay. How can you make your business partner more money? Mm-hmm. Because if you can help them do that,
0: you will auto- automatically. Yeah. That's a pretty big shift, isn't it? it? Is In a terms big shift. of mindset, because it it basically says your customers are not in the marketplace of this new country. Your customers are actually your joint venture partner.
1: Correct, right. So how do I look Hmm. after my joint venture partner? I think that's a critical thing. So we are in fact going to do as the next step we're doing that next month we are going to do uh, it's a it's a select team of people that's come to, on this project that we've put together we're also going to invite a number of the joint venture partners to fly out from france we're flying mm-hmm. them out mm-hmm. and we're going to spend a, a, a number of days getting to know you and establish some ground rules and how we're going to work etc and although this is a big investment we discussed this quite at length mm-hmm. They had to kind of say, well, is it, is it going to be worth it? Yeah. Uh, I was able to say to them, look, I think in terms of the investment compared to the returns, because the returns on this project are going to be quite huge mm. if it's successful. Yeah. said, so the returns are well worth it. The investment is well worth it because it will just make things so much easier. If you can just get things kicked off and i i i cited a number of examples of clients that i had worked with before where if you put the project teams together on big projects it always makes sense to bring people together
0: that's right yeah yeah that's certainly been my experience too. yeah and then things like i mean the time zones you mentioned earlier is is a is an issue that you have to learn to deal with because that's like that's the reality time about you know uh, dealing or being adaptable to situations we have no control over that that is a reality you have no control over that but it it becomes really challenging when you know everybody's expectation is that we're going to be talking in sensible work hours for everybody that's right and particularly if like i used to do it we had Um, people in Europe, people in the U.S. and people in Australia and people in India, if you add them in as well, then somebody is going to be doing Uh, teleconferences at midnight. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, you have to deal with that. But once, like, coming back to your point about getting the team together physically to start with and building those relationships and that, then, then there's an understanding that little things like that, which, you know, the reality is that somebody's going to be working outside of their normal working hours, and people then will be more flexible and say, "Well, okay, this time it'll be me. Next time, it's your turn." Yeah, and and then we share that uh, inconvenience. That's right. How do we shift it?
1: Mm. There is something that comes from being able to break bread. <laughs> yeah. i being able to look at somebody in the eye and mm. break bread, be able to understand who they are as an individual, which is extremely hard to do virtually. Yeah. Because when we get on a call virtually, or on a teleconference, whatever else, it tends to be very much in a work mode. Mm. As compared to when you're catching up with people outside, you know, it's the, it's the lunchtime chatter. It's the chatter over dinner. And all that is important, I think, in terms of relationships. And when you're working across borders, in cross-border interactions, there are going to be times when you are really reliant on somebody doing going above and beyond the call of duty, okay? And as you know, Jürgen, unless you have a relationship with that particular individual, as a general rule, people don't do that. That's
0: right, yeah.
1: They've got other things to focus mm. on. Yeah. So that personal connection makes a difference. Mm. When you look at the list of things, so here's 10 people who need things from you, most people will go, well, you know, oh, I know the person who's number nine on the list. Yeah, yeah. I know them well. I'm going to move that That's
0: right. Yeah. You know,
1: this is human, That's right? Human nature. Human yeah, nature. we all do that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And as you say, when... You get together at at a personal level, you start to have different conversations, deeper conversations, people start to open up about, you know, these are my aspirations and goals, what are yours? Yes. Um, Talk about family, talk about personal interests. And, And so the relationships are actually based on a lot more than just interactions. That's right. Mm.
1: And you always find whenever these uh, JVs or joint ventures are done at that senior level where it's signed, people share many common reference points because most times they've gone to the same business schools Mm. or they've gone to the same universities method of communication and their frameworks are quite similar but once you go to that next level or the next two levels down mm. which is where the real work is happening yeah, yeah. that's where the friction tends to occur mm. so you know what we can do obviously as consultants as leaders is how do i anticipate that how do i try to ease the friction mm. so that we can have get the result the desired outcomes mm.
0: Yeah, well, there's lots of great tips there and I guess the takeaway is if somebody's going into a new market with joint venture or even expansion into a new market, come and talk to you.
1: Indeed. Mm. I would be uh, more than uh, glad to talk to them about it. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Jürgen. See you next time. Bye.
0: Bye. Thanks for joining us on CQ for Global Leaders. To find out more or contact us, go to culturalsynergies.com.